Hey, it's Matt here. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know about something really exciting coming up for men of any age. From June 1st to 14th, you can get free access to the Off the Rooftop 14-Day Challenge. It's an online challenge designed to raise you up to new levels of sexual integrity. Whether you're struggling with pornography, masturbation, sleeping around, or you just can't get those lustful thoughts under control, this challenge is designed for you. We're going to have prizes, giveaways, and incredible teaching every single day from leaders around North America like Ted Roberts of the Conquer series that's been seen by over a million people, Doug Weiss, the president of the American Association for Sex Addiction Therapy, former porn star Brittany Delamora, Kirk Giles of Promise Keepers Canada, Neil Josephson, the president of Family Life Canada, and even more teachers than that. To register for the Off the Rooftop 14-Day Challenge, go to restoredministries.ca and make sure to share with your friends. We'll see you on June 1st. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad Hafner. Hey guys, Matt and Braden here today. Hope you're doing well. We're excited to spend some time breaking some lies today. Braden and I both, we've been through the battle of wanting to get free from pornography and striving and doing everything that we can to get this thing out of our lives. And what we realize is that there's so many lies that we told ourselves that kept us in bondage. And when we started working with other people and helping other people through their struggle with pornography, It was funny because we ended up hearing the same lies over and over again from different people and it just happened to be the same things that we told ourselves. And so if we can expose these lies and counter them with some truth and kind of change some mindsets and the things that we tell ourselves, there's so much power in that, in in loosening the grip that pornography has on us. The lies that we tell ourselves are very much a part of the life that one would lead when we're struggling with pornography. And we get that. We we both had a lot of lies that we just bought into and that we used so that we could stay in this lifestyle or avoid it. We didn't want to think about it. It was just part of our life. It was a dirty thing that we kept in our closet and we didn't want anybody to know about it. So part of the lies we tell ourselves are to keep people away and not only that, to keep us hidden. And there's so many different lies that we have utilized to do that. And we're just going to go through some of these because I think like, like for you or whoever's out there listening, if you're battling this, we share something in this and that we, we get the lies. We understand kind of where you're coming from because we've been there too. We, we've, we've told ourselves these things as well. So exposing lies is an important part of this. It's an important part of getting freedom because if we don't address these lies, we're just going to keep them in our lives. So we're going to just kind of get into some of these things, but there really is kind of two deceptive thought patterns that we use when we're, we're, we're keeping porn in our life, when we have this addiction. One of them is that we have lies that really minimize the issue, right? So what would be a lie, Matt, that we use to minimize the issue? Yeah, I mean, one of them, I just heard this one the other day from a guy who's got pornography in his life. And he just said to me, he's like, you know, it's not that bad. My wife thinks it's worse than I am. She has more of the problem with it than I do. It's not really that bad in my life. And then I remember that a couple of years ago, this guy saying to me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm coming to you because you're, he said, you're the expert in this. And I figured I, I don't meet too many people who work with pornography. And so I want to take advantage of, of being with you. And he said, I don't think I'm addicted to porn, but I just want to chat with you to really get it out of my life. And I said, well, how often do you watch pornography? And he said, oh, like once or twice a week. And I'm like, oh, you're not addicted to it, eh? 
But the truth is, is that he's minimizing the, the impact in his life because he's saying, you know, it's not that bad. It's not like I do it every day. The reality is we can minimize it anytime because there's always going to be more opportunity to watch. I mean, this guy a few days ago, he said, oh, I watch it maybe once a month or once every couple months. And But he's like, I just can't kick it for good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you can watch it once a month or once a week or once a day. And there's always more. I mean, you could always go to two, three times a day. But you don't want to minimize it and go, well, just because it's not worse than it is, it that means it's not that bad. That's true. And one of the things that we do when minimizing is we maybe compare ourselves to other people of what we heard. Maybe, you know, like, oh, well, this guy watches four hours a day. I'm there. I'm not there. So right. I must not be that bad. I must not be right. addicted because that sounds like an addiction. Where I'm at doesn't really sound like an addiction. Right. I'm efficient. It only takes me half hour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I do what I do, right? And it's compared to somebody else who goes for a longer stretch. And then you do the other aspect, though. Maybe someone who only looks at it once a year, they might have that aspect, too, where they're like, well, I'm not as bad as these guys. The comparison game is a dangerous thing. And a part of the, the way that we lie to ourselves as well, because we think that Others are either worse than us or we're worse than others. And we can tell lies based on those thought patterns. So minimizing the issue usually means that we're doing that that one aspect of, well, I'm not as bad as them. That's how we minimize or, you know, I'm not quite there. So not a big deal. Right? Yeah. And what that does is it, it shows that there's a little bit of pride because I'm not as bad as the other guy. Mm-hmm. But it also really decreases the urgency that you have in your own life to get pornography out of your yeah, life because true. you're going, well, it's not that bad. And so you, there's no desperation there. There's no sense of urgency to get this thing out of your life. And therefore, it's just going to stick around. That's right. I love what you said. Yeah, because it's the urgency aspect of it. There's discomfort when we have to address something, anything in our life that we're trying to change or we're, we're really asking God to come into and change. There's discomfort. So staying in one spot, for us, it feels like we're protecting ourselves from having to step out and yeah. maybe tell somebody that what's going on or, or really look ourselves in the mirror and be like, hey, you know what? I actually do have a problem here. Yeah. And I need to address this. I need to face this. So it keeps you stuck in that rut and you're not, you're not needing to move out from that. So that's one aspect is minimizing lies that just make it sound like it's not that big of a deal for us. And the other kind of vein of lies for us is magnifying the issue to the point where it's such a big mountain to climb. We're never going to get free from it. So people will say, hey, I'm never going to beat this. This is just my lot in life. I'm stuck and I'll never break out. So we just think that we're going to be at the bottom of this mountain, never going to be able to climb it, never going to be of freedom. And we, we, we have this defeatist mindset. We're defeated. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've heard many people say, and honestly, I've probably thought this lots too, is that when I'm in it, I just go, well, this is just going to be something I struggle with the rest of my life. And, you know, I mean, temptation is always going to be in our life, but it doesn't have to be something. I'm a testament to this right now in my own life. It doesn't have to be something where you're thinking about it every day and you're resisting the urge to watch pornography every single day. I mean, man, I would say for me, it comes a few times a year. There's a, there's a urge to watch pornography. But now I'm at the point where I've got a game plan and I've got I've got skills and tools in order to deal with it when it does come. So it's not a big thing, but yeah, it's going to be in your life to some degree. But it doesn't have this have to be this big huge struggle. That's no. like this big thing in your life that you feel defeated by all the time. That's right. Now that's one of the lies that we we tell ourselves that stop us from doing anything about it. 
And both kind of do that, I think. You know, when we minimize it, we don't do anything about it. When we magnify the issue, we don't do anything about it either. We're just what's stuck. the point? What's the point? Yeah. So we want to talk about today how these lies are so damaging to us and how we need to address these lies and maybe talk about what some of these lies we tell ourselves because I think sometimes we're not aware of the lies we tell ourselves. For sure. We don't really understand that we're doing it. Maybe we're not self-aware enough to really see this happening, but we do it. Yeah. You build up this level in your life to protect yourself, this this covering of lies so that you never have to really look at yourself and it keeps you stuck, but it also stops you from moving. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about some of these these different lies that, that are doing this in our lives as well. Yeah, it's interesting for me looking back on my life because I had thought patterns for years watching pornography, like years I had these thoughts going in my head, but I never identified it as like oh this is a lie that's keeping me in this addiction and so as you're listening to this i mean there's no condemnation it's not like oh i I believe this lie i say that one all the time like don't feel bad about yourself it's just it's just this is actually a really awesome opportunity to think like do i tell myself these lies what's the counter truth that i can say to myself every time this lie comes into my head and now that we're exposing these things, I mean, these are things that we hear all the time. And so if you've got pornography in your life, there's a good chance that at least one of these things is something that you say. And so when you hear that, really take advantage of this time to establish a pattern in your life of identifying the lie and then covering it with truth and, and seeing the grip of pornography lessen in your life as it for sure will. The lies really stop us from receiving truth or understanding truth because it blocks us and almost covers our eyes and closes our minds and plugs our ears to truth so that we we can't move forward and, and then we maintain this lifestyle this this these patterns and we kind of denial structures is one way that we've heard it put before of, so that we can maintain a lifestyle and lies feed into that it's just pattern and pattern of going to porn and lies that that keep us in that place so that we have this lifestyle that feeds into that behavior one of the lies is like i'm not hurting anybody this is just my problem nobody has to know i don't have to tell anybody and you know at the end of the day it really isn't affecting anybody but me there's a lie right i mean i told myself that one yeah that's not true though because think about it this way when you're looking at porn you're injuring yourself you're injuring future relationships that you might have i mean if you're single and eventually going to get married, porn is a part of your story and your life, you're going to take that with you into your marriage. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about yourself, but I'm saying it to expose the lie that it's not going to affect anybody but you. It's going to affect your future wife, your future husband, whatever else, right? You're going to bring this into these relationships. And not only that, it inhibits our ability to love other people because porn creates a really selfish mindset for us. We're looking to get needs met our own internal need of getting that release in our mind of dopamine to feel good. Maybe we're having a bad day, so I've got to go here to do this. So we build this structure in our life of just looking at our own needs and we're not looking at the people next to us of maybe that that we need to be loving on, that God's really directing us to show love towards. And we're, we're not able to do it because we're just so self-focused. So that's one other area that it's a lie because uh, it's not just affecting one person. And then not only that, we could get really into it, unpack how porn is not a victimless crime because the industry isn't built that way. Yeah. It's not. When you look at a a free site or you look at a video, you have no idea what's gone into developing, producing, getting the people in that 
There is a whole industry of sex trafficking, of exploitation that's occurring here that sometimes we just, we try to gloss over and not really think about. We just, well, I'm sure it's perfectly legal on their end and it's happening in a real nice way. No, it's not. One of the big sites, I'm not going to name which one, but there's been studies shown that this particular website, one of the biggest porn websites, has many different videos with rape where someone wasn't a willing party to this. And they've been forced to do these acts. And that is, there's a staggering amount of videos out there on these free sites that this is occurring. So this isn't a victimless crime. This is something that is affecting not only you and your future relationships, but the people that are making and producing this content. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know when I was watching pornography, I never spent any money. And I know some people spend money and some people don't. And it is what it is, but I never spent any money on pornography. And so I just took advantage of the free stuff. So I would tell myself, I'm like, well, I'm not feeding the industry. I'm not like giving it revenue. But then when I actually learned how it works, I absolutely was because every time they get traffic to their site, they're getting more advertising dollars and more leverage. And I mean, and I'm honoring the porn producer, like you talk about Brad, yeah. in, in trafficking a girl. You're consuming what they created. I'm consuming it and I'm telling them, hey, make more of this. Do it again and do it again. And I don't care about the girl because I just care about me. Yeah. And so it's a horrible thing. Even if even if we're not spending any money, even if we're doing it behind closed doors and nobody actually knows, I mean, we're hurting people in the industry. We're hurting people in our lives because we're not able to love them like we're supposed to, like you talked about. We can hurt people even in ways that we don't realize because there's a lot of research coming out in the last few years that show how pornography leads to violence. And it doesn't mean that we're going to go and all of a sudden get in fights or really hurt people, but we might just in our words be a little bit more harsh with people. We might be more condescending to a woman than we would be otherwise. And these are real things that people struggle with when they watch pornography. And, you know, there's a documentary actually called Over 18 and they show a 12-year-old who is he he calls himself a recovering porn addict and he started when he was nine years old perfectly happy awesome kid and when he started watching pornography his parents didn't know what he was doing but they noticed a change in his behavior and he started getting in trouble at school more and started being mean to his sister and even being physical with her and so we don't realize the effects that it has on the brain how it warps our brain and so we really are hurting other people even if nobody knows what we're doing it's so true that this is affecting the people around us in our world as well than just us so that's one lie that we really want to address it isn't just about you you're touching other people in your life as well by doing this so that's one lie that we want to expose yeah and it kind of feeds into another one in saying like oh one more time won't hurt me one more time watching pornography won't hurt me i mean i know i used to tell myself this one all the time this was maybe one of the biggest ones i would tell myself is man i've watched porn Hundreds of times before, what's one more time? I'm going to quit eventually, just not today, right? And so one more time won't hurt me. But in reality, like we are just talking about, there's so much impact negatively that it has on your brain, on your spiritual life, on your relationships with people. And I mean, it's so sad because you think when you watch pornography, typically people spend the whole next, say, 24 hours wrapped in this guilt-shame cycle in their thoughts and they're just feeling bad about themselves. But what if that was the day that some creative idea would come to your mind and that God would speak something to you about your purpose, but you can't hear his voice or you can't think creatively and productively because you're so wrapped in shame? I mean, what if that was the day? And so saying this lie like, oh, one more time won't hurt me, man, it really, really can. That that gives an example from my own life. I remember 
you know, years ago when I was, I was volunteering at this youth kind of ranch and the, the year went by and it was great. Uh, so it was a summer and I was serving out there. And at the end of the summer, we had that kind of this staff party to celebrate the summer. And I remember the day before I was to go to this, I looked at porn and I was absolutely devastated uh, by doing that because I'd gone all summer, all spring without looking at porn because I was serving God and I was doing what I was doing. And, you know, I was really enjoying that and, and, and loving others and just stepping into that that role. But coming to the staff party, I had an opportunity to encourage the people that I was serving with where it came to me and I could have said some nice things about different people. I was so bogged down in shame and guilt that I missed that chance. Interesting. And I just remember that so clearly. And I remember after I felt even worse because I'm like, oh, I could have said this to this person. or, But I felt like I couldn't do it because, you know, I was dirty. You know, I looked at porn the day before. Who am I to be able to share this stuff with these people? So I didn't. And yeah. I missed out on a chance where I could have maybe said a word to somebody that would have helped them on in their life and their journey. So that's an example from my own life. We probably have, you know, as we refer to really break this down, there's a lot of examples that we can tie into stories we've heard and people that have talked to us about this stuff. So Matt's absolutely right. When we, we tell ourselves that lie that one more time won't hurt me, you don't realize how you get in this cycle and how you stop yourself from living out the giftings that God's given you and living out the, the, the positioning he's put you in to love others around you. And it's crazy because say you would have been able to speak words of encouragement and blessing to those people. I mean, they would have been blessed, but you would have too, because That's how right. much fun is it to go and bless people, right? That's right. And so they missed that opportunity, but so did you. And it, it's interesting because it's not that porn led you to hurt somebody. It's just porn led you to not bless somebody. That's right. And so there's two ways that it can impact us and, and we're just hoping as you listen to this that when you hear the lie, like say, for example, oh, it's not that bad. We're just saying, hey, it is bad because you have so much value in your life and God gave you so much value. And so having this in your life, I mean, it is bad, even if it's just once a month or even if it's just once a year, it's holding you back. And when we say the lie of, oh, I'll never beat it. I mean, we're just telling you, hey, you're not a victim. You're not defeated. You're more than a conqueror. And we want to to speak that into you and have God's truth about who you are and how he made you to live be so prevalent. And and so we hope as you're hearing all these lies that you're hearing the value that God has for you and that we don't want these lies to hold you down. That's right, because the inverse of a lie is the truth that, that it's trying to distort, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you think that I'm defeated, no, you have victory. If you think that, oh, I'm dirty, no, you're clean, you're pure because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. All these lies, they're the inverse, they're, you know, distorting a truth. Yeah. And that's why we have to expose the lies so that we can receive the truth and then walk in that truth. That's right. So that's where we can get encouragement from this. It's not about bashing ourselves. Oh, I think of all these lies and I'm a terrible person. No, it's exposing the lies so yeah. that you can move towards freedom and truth. So that's why this is important. Another one that I always see, I mean, I deal with married couples in the ministry that I'm involved in. And I see a lot of husbands, wives, I mean, I'll, I'll come at it from the point of view of a husband because I've heard this and I know you have too, Matt, is yeah. a husband will say, hey, I have sexual needs. My wife's not meeting those needs, so I'm going to go to porn. So they feel that this need is going to be met by porn. And then they, they blame their wife or their spouse because their spouse isn't doing what they need. And they essentially just get bitter towards their spouse. Hey, it's their fault. It's not my problem. Yeah. It's their problem. If they were doing what they're supposed to be doing, this would never be in our marriage. That's right. And I hear that all the time. 
there's no ownership really of your behavior in this. It's somebody else's problem, somebody else's fault. And that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. So basically, you just become this animal. You buy into these urges that you have. And you're nothing more than instinctual, right? Yeah. I have a need, so I got to go meet it. And if they're not meeting the need for me, well, that's their fault. That's not my fault. That's right. That's right. Or even if, say, for a single person, well, I've got sexual needs. God gave me sexual needs. And and now I'm single and he's telling me not to act on it until I'm married. I mean, I've got needs. What am I supposed to do, right? And so then you can even get bitter at God. I've seen that. And I actually probably felt it a little bit too. It's like, well, I'm still single and I'm this old, right? Like, I've got these needs. But the reality is, I mean, I when I was a kid, I used to read the obituaries in the newspaper. I never read one that said that a guy didn't have sex for a year and so he died. <laughs> I, I never read that. I I've never, never read that either. You never did. I never read about a woman who didn't have sex for a month and so she just ended up passing away suddenly at home. Never read that one. No, I've so, never heard that either. <laughs> so what are needs? We've got to identify this because this is a huge lie in our world. I've got sexual needs. Needs are air, food, shelter. I mean, there's things that if we don't have it, we'll die. Those are needs. If we don't get sex, man, we might have, you know, pressure in parts of our body for a few moments, maybe even in a couple of days. We're not going to die. No. And so there's a huge difference between urges and needs. And it's interesting the response to it because Brad outlined really well how people respond when they say, I have a sexual need. Then if it's not met, then we start acting out watching pornography or we get bitter towards people or towards God. But when we understand his urges, there's actually a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4, and it says that God's will for us is to be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality and learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable, not given in to passionate lust like the pagans who don't know God. And so God is saying like, hey, I've given you these urges. I've given you this, you know, sexual desire in your life. Because if you didn't have that, how would you ever learn to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable? Hmm. And so we get a sex drive when we're 12 and God says, don't use it till you're married. Well, he's actually saying like, this is an opportunity for you to learn how to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable to God. Because the primary point of our life is to be intimate with him and to learn how to honor him and bring him glory. And this is an amazing way to do it. And so we've got sexual urges. Where when we're in marriage, we can have them be satisfied by our spouses. We've got sexual urges that allow us to, whether we're single or married, to learn how to control our bodies when we're not having them satisfied. But we don't have sexual needs because we're never going to die if we don't get sex. That's a great way of framing it. I think that would help many people. I mean, that would help me in understanding that when I was in the midst of this battle, that a need and an urge are very different things. And I need to look at it that way because, yeah, a need is something that I need to do to, to actually breathe, to live. Yeah. But an urge is something that I can learn to release to God, give to him so that he can help teach me through that and I can become more like him and more mature as he leads me. So very different things. Totally. Very different things. And, you know, I love it because it gives you power when you realize like, man, I've been telling myself I have needs. It's actually just an urge and I have power over it. You're not a victim to it anymore. And so I think that's a really, really powerful one. That's true. Another lie that we tell ourselves has to do with placing us in the seat of a victim. So we blame our past. We blame maybe the people that have done things to us or maybe the experiences we've had, maybe our upbringing. And we use that as our, our reason why we go to pornography. While there are 
instances in our life where we've encountered pain, where we've been broken, where we've been hurt by others. Those can't be the reason, excuse that we stick ourselves in the seat of victimhood and never move out of that. We need to acknowledge that that happened for sure. And we're sorry that each of you have faced stuff like that as we as have we. Yeah. We've faced brokenness and pain. But what are you going to do with that? You can either say, well, it's because of that and I'm never going to move past that. Or you could take a step down from that seat of victimhood and say, well, I'm going to own that this happened and I'm going to move on from this. I'm not going to stay stuck in this spot. I'm going to own my own behavior. I had choices too. Yeah. Right. And there's things that were done to us for sure that we had no choice in. But we can choose what to do out of that. And if we are willing to do that, then that's where we're going to start moving towards freedom. And part of playing a victim too is, well, all this happened to me, so there's nothing that I can do about it. All this happened to me, so it's too late for me. All this happened to me, I'm too far gone now. That's a lie. That's not true. God redeems, he brings healing, and he wants you to step away from that mindset. Really, he calls you to step into the understanding that you are more than a conqueror. You're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror, not because of your own merit, but because of Christ, what he did for you on the cross, his life, and his resurrection. We can look to him. He is our example and the one that we look to and the reason why we are more than a conqueror. One thing that's really helped me in this area of my life in getting the the victim mindset out, because I think all of us have some degree of a victim mindset, but it's being willing to identify it when it creeps up and not have it overrun your life because some people really they live by the victim mindset like their identity is that they're a victim so one thing that i've really had that's helped me is is understanding that a concept of authority like whatever you give power to in your life you're giving authority to and so like you're talking about brad and like when you talk about experiences from your upbringing or trauma or things hard things that you've gone through that lead you to pornography you're giving that authority in your life when you're saying i watch porn because of these things when the urges come if we instead say i have these urges here i've had this hard thing in my life i've had trauma but god is my authority then all of a sudden we're giving power to god we're not giving power to the situation or to the hard things and so when we give power to the hard things, it leads us to be a victim. But when we give power to God, he's going to give us our his grace and his power. And we're going to be able to be strengthened to overcome. And so we've got to remember, who's your Lord? Who's the authority in your life? Great point. Another family of lies that we want to talk about, too, is, is pride. The lies of pride, the things that we say to prop ourselves up or to avoid the issue. So we've heard this a lot. People say, hey, that's great what you're talking to us about, of this, this path and this journey to freedom. Wonderful for you, but I'm strong enough. I can beat this on my own. I don't yeah. need to tell anybody what's going on behind That was me. Doors. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I didn't want anybody to know. And it was based in pride. I can probably beat this on my own. I don't need to involve anybody else in this healing. Another one too is that stems out of that is, hey, you know, getting help, that's for weak people, right? Like I'm, I'm too strong to have to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll manage and deal with this and I'll get it out of my life eventually. You know, maybe next year um, when I really, really put some effort into it. So they have that mindset. If you if you reach out for help, you're weak. You yeah. know, because you should be able to beat this on your own. Right? Yeah. And that's a that's a big kind of lie that we tell ourselves. Guys typically do this because they think that they can solve a problem. They see a problem and they want to solve it. Not that women don't do this too, but guys just have this innate desire to try to fix problems. And when they can't, they feel like less of a man. And right. so as men, you're like, well... If I can't beat this, then that means I'm weak. Yeah, good point. And porn isn't something that you 
you can beat by strength. No. You don't have the strength to beat it. No. You need to step into a healing journey. Because God doesn't give you this, the grace or the strength to do it on your own. He no. doesn't want that for you. No. That's right. So you have to be able to reach out for help. Tell somebody and then allow God to work in your life. And that takes surrender. That takes an acknowledgement. Hey, I need you. I don't have the strength to beat this. That's when he meets us in that. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful because, I mean, we're sitting here. We're in our 30s. Brad might be in his late 30s, but no, we don't have to put that in. I'll edit that out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you have that control. But we've had many, many people who are in their 60s and 70s reach out for help with pornography. And I just think, man, they could be our dad. Like, we could be their sons, right? Mm -hmm. But they're humbling themselves to the truth of I need help in community and I, I get healed in community and that's God's design for me. There's There's been people who are a lot older and they're seeking out help from younger people, but there's also people who, you know, they're at the end of their journey and there's a few people who reached out to us with Restored Ministries and said, I want help just to make sure that I crush it. In the last few months, I haven't watched pornography, but it hasn't been that long. And so I want to go through a process of healing and, and journeying to make sure that I get free and stay free. Even though I feel like I'm kind of at the end of it, I just want to crush it right now. And so if somebody who hasn't watched pornography at all for the last few months, or somebody who's older, 60s or 70s, if they're reaching out for help, I mean, I don't think that takes away excuses from anybody else to say, oh, I think I can do this on my own. I'm only watching porn a couple times a week. And so it's not that bad, right? I can do this on my own. So just understand God's will for you is to have community and to be open with people. And that's where the healing is going to come. And it's not going to be a terrible thing. It's actually going to be a great experience because you're going to have a really deep relationship with people that you walk with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, kind of the last family of lies is those spiritual lies that we tell ourselves that, I mean, they, there's themes of that work all through these things we've told you that are very similar, but the spiritual lie is that God's left me. He's abandoned me. He doesn't love me. If he loved me, this wouldn't be in my life. If he was with me, I wouldn't be struggling. That's a big lie. Yeah, I've been praying and praying for years for God to remove this from my life. And he still hasn't done it. He must not be listening to me. And what really stems from the reason why we believe some of these things is because we think that pornography is just a moral issue. Maybe at some point we heard that. Maybe we bought into that. Yeah. Pornography started as a moral issue in your life but as it's moved on it still has that component of course but it's become physiological your brain is actually rewired into this super highway of behavior moving towards pornography so you've created an addictive pattern in your life that takes not only an understanding of the moral but the the physiological as well so when we think hey it's just a moral issue that's when we start to see people repent 15 times in the past week and they never yeah. see any breakthrough or they go to the altar, you know, 15 times that month and they don't really see any movement in their life. And they just think it's a moral issue. So I must not be moral. I must be broken. I must something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not really a believer. Maybe I'm not a Christ follower. And all these lies flood in and it's not true. It's because you need to understand that porn is a moral issue and spiritual aspect to that for sure. But it is physiological as well. And until we understand the addictive pattern and the way that our brains have been rewired, we're not going to be able to see movement in our life because it all works together. There's that, that holistic approach to this. We have to work in the patterns of the physiological, understanding the moral and the spiritual component that works alongside with that. So you need to have that full understanding. And when you don't, you tell yourself these lies. Hey, I'm broken. God doesn't love me. He's not with me. He doesn't really want to see me get free. 
there's something wrong with me. I can't be used by him. All these different things that we tell ourselves that are spiritually based. So talking about kind of that, that holistic approach to healing in this, Matt, you've done some great things having that full breadth of understanding with your boot camps that you run. Yeah. A great program to lead people to freedom where you talk about all these different issues. And in the ministry that you're doing um, under that restored umbrella, you've talked about these things, right? And, yeah. and how this these all work together. And uh, we need to address all these things to have freedom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he, freedom and healing and the whole whole of a person in spirit, soul, and body and re- rewiring the brain for health and the emotional patterns and the spiritual understanding of who we are in Christ. And Yeah, that's at the core of what Restored is for sure. And so if you're interested in programs or online program or personal coaching, you can go to restoredministries.ca. But the truth is with these spiritual lies, God is too faithful and too loving to you to allow you to do it on your own. And he wants you to understand how he loves you and how he, he sees the long game. He's long suffering. And so just continue to pray and continue to pray. And I think that in that battle, he's strengthening your spiritual muscles. I mean, in the last few years of my journey, I was praying hard, like praying all the time for two and a half years, just wondering why I couldn't get pornography out of my life. And one day he came through and some people it's 10 years and some people's longer, but you know, keep praying, but understand that he's also encouraging you to work with him and to co-labor with him and to understand that like brad and said it's not just a moral it's a physiological issue it's a neurological issue and there's a pattern in your life that you've got to identify and when you do that god is empowering you to realize who you are and the value you have that you can stand up and you can fight battles with him rather than just kind of lying down and hoping he does everything on your behalf so so God is a good God. We want to reshape that understanding of who he is and who you are to him if there's been some spiritual lies. And so we hope this helps. You can listen to this a few times. We really uh, wanted to expose some lies. We hope that you understand the value that you have. And, and we don't want these lies to stick around in your in your life. And we don't want pornography to stick around in your life. Thanks for listening. We hope this has been a blessing to you. And we'll chat next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.